We come to this passage, which is usually referred to as Paul's farewell to the Ephesians. And it's interesting that this passage, this part of which we read this morning, is the only speech recorded in Acts that was made to Christians, to the church. Other other uh, speeches that are recorded um, were evangelistic. Some of them were to the Jews. Some of them were to the Gentiles. Some of them were the def- defense that was put up in court. But this one is to the church. And as we know, there's nothing quite like this experience of coming together with God's people for worship and listening to God's word. We could stay at home and pray. We could go around the week singing psalms and hymns under our breath. We could read all sorts of good Christian books. All of these things may be good. But we'd still fall short of God's plan for our Christian life. Christ thought so highly of the church, he gave it his name. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And God's plan is not just simply for individuals, but for communities of the church, like us gathered here today. In fact, when Jesus sent out his apostles to preach the gospel to all nations, he didn't send them out to preach a private faith. He was sending them out not only to save individuals, but to build churches, communities of faith and love. And as we read the letters of Paul, uh, uh, we are constantly reminded he's he's writing usually not to individuals but to churches. Different types of churches. Some of them were rich, some were poor, some were slaves, some were free. Some were steadily walking in the right way. Others had drifted. Some were weak, some were strong. And when we come to a passage like this, it's part of God's word. It's God speaking through Paul, through Luke, to us. We need to listen to God's word. We need to make sure that that's at the centre of our worship, at the centre of our church. And if it's not, our church will be weakened. And some churches over the centuries have weakened, and some have even died as they've not put God's word at the centre. Our worship is not just Christian entertainment when we come together. We mustn't substitute other things for looking at God's word and expounding that and working out what God is saying to us. If that does happen, the church will be weakened. This is because the power of God is not in our emotions or our experience, but it's in the word of God. His word is what God has chosen to bless us. And that's what I must emphasize in our worship as we come together. It's not the eloquence of the preacher, we're glad about that, but it's God's authority that he puts on his word. So as we come to this passage, we must listen to what Paul is saying to us in God's word this morning. The early church had different types of people in it. They, they called some of the people, the leaders, they called pastors. 
That word comes from shepherds, people who look after the sheep. And they they likened the church to a, a flock of sheep with a shepherd who leads them in the right direction. That's the job of the pastor. There were also elders, leaders, who would make sure that they were preaching and teaching the right things, that uh, their behavior was right. It's interesting, these words are not singular, but plural. It's not one person. It's a team, a group of people. These group of elders and pastors from Ephesus was there. A person, in fact, could be both. And Paul encouraged them to look after themselves as pastors and elders and to look after the church. And I think what he's saying here would apply not only to the leaders of the church, but to all of us. So in this passage, I think we see Paul in a different way to what we normally see him. Normally we see Paul as the evangelist, going out, trying to win people for Christ. And that was his main task. But here we see him as a pastor, building up the church. And as I said, this passage is known as Paul's farewell to the Ephesian elders. And it really has three parts to it. The first part is Paul's personal testimony before these elders. And that's what we read this morning. And that's what we'll be concentrating on. He then goes on to have specific charge, specific instruction to the elders And then he has a prayer for them before he departs. But this morning, we're just going to look at Paul's testimony. Paul tells the elders that he served them and Christ with humility and tears, and that he was diligent in preaching, and his priorities were right, and he served them without greed and with hard work. And it's really these things that we're going to look at this morning. He first of all said that he served them in humility. His humility was not a sign of weakness. And in fact, the Greek people, the Greek philosophy, thought of weakness as a, a something that, that, that humility was in fact weakness. That uh, if you were humble and, and went, came under someone's authority... You were showing weakness. And we have still have that sort of idea today. We don't put on our CV, I am humble. It would be looked upon as if you were being somebody that was going to be downtrodden. But that was what Paul said, I come before you in humility. And he had the courage to face problems inside and outside the church humbly. Even even made light of his persecution that he had suffered in so many different places. And, and Paul pointed away from himself to Jesus. His preaching was not about himself and how good he was and how much uh, many things that he had done, but he was pointing to Jesus. He was not selling himself, he was selling Jesus. His preaching and his life were open and honest. His whole life was like an open book. He was transparent in all he did and said. An example for us, I think, as we pass on the gospel to others in our local church here, let's do it with humility. 
But he also said he did it with tears. Paul was a pastor. He was concerned for his flock. He learned to identify with those in whom he was ministering. Paul struggled with them. And their struggles and grieved with them and their griefs. His preaching came from his heart, not just from his head. We don't know what Paul's job was, what his uh, profession was, but it seems to have been some type of lawyer. But when he, his arguments were not just logical and judicial, they were emotional. He felt them, they came from his heart. People saw that he felt for them and wanted them to know about his Lord Jesus, the one who had forgiven him, the one who had saved him, the one whom he loved, the one whom he wanted to serve. It was, he put his heart and his soul and his life into it. He took his message with tears. And when you do that, preaching like that with humility and with tears often makes people vulnerable. But Paul was willing to make himself vulnerable in order to reach peaceful with the message that he knew was so important. He also was persistent in his preaching. He faithfully pre preached and taught to everyone. It says that he preached privately and publicly to Jews, to Gentiles, to locals in Ephesus, and very importantly to all the visitors. It was a place where people passed through and went through to other parts of the world that Paul couldn't go to. He was persistent, it says, day and night for three years. He kept on going when there was a lot of opposition, even when there was persecution. Are we persistent? Are we thorough? We just give up? Are we persistent among our friends, our families, our work colleagues, and our leisure? We're called to be consistent and persistent in our taking the gospel to others. He was direct. He didn't shrink away from preaching and teaching difficult things. As well as preaching the good things, he preached about sin, about death. And then he took them from that to faith in Christ, to eternal life, repentance and faith. So his preaching was with integrity. And he had that balanced ministry. But it was a direct ministry. And he did this often despite opposition. Are we sometimes afraid to say nothing, a compromise, our words. I think we do. I certainly do. Do we sometimes avoid conflict by skirting around problems so that we're not classed as being different? Being different to the current culture or the current ways of thinking? We can be thought of as bigots sometimes or, or biased because we are a different way from and different thought processes from many in our society. Paul was direct in his preaching. And I think particularly at this time, so must we. Paul sometimes had to live with the consequences of that direct preaching. 
and sometimes even landed him in prison. But his preaching was direct in accordance with God's word. I think an example for us there. It was in depth. There was thoroughness, and so much so that his conscience was clear. He says, I've taught you consistently and thoroughly for three years about the gospel and the grace of God. He spoke elsewhere later on in Acts about the whole purpose, the whole counsel of God, the plan of salvation, repentance, faith in Jesus Christ. He talked long times, as we know, he talked right through till dawn, as we heard last week. He preached, as it says in verse 26, the whole gospel to the whole city with his whole strength. And sometimes when we compare that to our feeble efforts, we see how weak our testimony is at times. We have all the resources of Paul, and we should use them to God's glory. Let's take our experience and humbly pass it on to others with concern in our hearts, persistently, directly, and in depth. And then Paul goes on to give us, very briefly, six little pictures of his ministry. He likes, likens his ministry to different things. He first of all likens his ministry to an accountant. I consider my life worth nothing to me. He had made a considered judgment about how to spend his life. He decided to put Jesus in front of everything else. That Jesus was going to be number one in his life. Everything else was secondary. That was a deliberate calculation, like an account. That was his mission statement. I consider my life worth nothing to me. What are our priorities? What matters to us? What are the important things in our life? Paul wanted to complete that task that Jesus had given him. So he then goes on to, to change the metaphor, if you like, from an accountant to a runner. He says, I, I, I want to finish the race. Paul had been given that commission by Jesus to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And he wanted to complete it. He was, he was less concerned about his personal life and his personal circumstances and what it cost him. He wasn't even interested in whether he would survive or not, but he wanted to finish the race. Jesus also gave us commission to take the gospel to all parts of the world, and we must still go on and continue that work. He also said his ministry was like being a steward. He wanted to complete the task, like a servant that had been given a task to do. He knew that one day he'd have to give an account for how he had completed that commission. And he wanted to keep on going right to the end, right to the tape as a runner. Many of us are getting older, but the task is not complete. The task is not finished. We need to pray that God will help us to complete our tasks fully, the work that he has given us to do. So Paul likens his ministry to an accountant, a runner, a steward, and also as a witness 
testifying, it says there, to the gospel of God's grace. He was faithful in the message, as we say, that he preached. He preached all the gospel, sin and death, as well as forgiveness and eternal life. And he was a herald. I have gone about preaching the kingdom. He heralded it out, proclaimed the king's message. He'd been sent as an ambassador by the king, and he wanted to present the king's message, not his own. He preached it with urgency, because he knew that the message that he'd been given to send to others was important. It was important to him. And finally, just one other one I want to finish with. An unusual one. He was a watchman. He said, I declare to you that I am innocent of the blood of all men. What he was thinking about there was what's explained in Ezekiel about a watchman. I just want to read one verse there. It says, if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Watchmen had a serious job to do. They were to look out for the enemy and then warn people of the impending danger. To sound the alarm. And it was then up to others to take the action. Paul had been faithfully preaching the gospel to the Ephesians for three years. He'd been a faithful watchman. He had done his job well and fully. He had faithfully proclaimed the gospel. He had warned them of the consequences of ignoring it. And he was now passing the baton on to others to continue that work. And just if you don't take anything else from what I say this morning, take this, that the baton has been passed on to us in our generation. And we too must be watchmen, sounding the alarm as we proclaim God's word. We pray this morning that we may take some examples from Paul's ministry among the Ephesians this morning that may encourage us in our ministry that God has given us on the island of Isla here. Let's pray together.